Hey guys, and welcome to episode 14 of Dad Knows Best. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callow. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Harry, <laughs> you finally did the shop. I did. I think I've officially made every essential purchase that's needed prior to the Bambino arriving. For anyone that doesn't know what the show is, first of all, go back to episode <laughs> one and just like follow the journey. Uh, but basically, father-to-be, myself... Dad of well, two. Dad of two. <laughs> I couldn't remember whether you wanted to be called dad or father then. You refer to uh, yourself as a father. I quite like that. Father to be. That's actually more accurate because I think you earn the status of a dad. Everyone can be a father. There we go. So father to be, dad of two. Best mates just trying to work out this thing called parenthood uh, from a dad's perspective. So you've made all the essential purchases. Bad time to ask this question when he goes for the water. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a big gulp there. Uh, yes, I, th- I believe so. Pushchair has been purchased. Um, yeah, everything's bought. We've got furniture. Oh, that's a good point. Furniture should be arriving somehow or somewhere. Nice. Don't know if it's coming to our house or what. Wait, um, where, where did you order it from? Very. Okay, cool. Because we did a big purchase on Very because we had like 20% off everything. So made sense. Uh, we got the pushchair. We went on a big... Um, shop with with uh, grandma and granddad we went to a place in Ashby this woman was amazing she showed us all of the different types of push chairs which was super helpful to understand the minefield mm-hmm. um, but then ultimately we settled on the original push chair that we liked which is a Nuna mix I think it's called um Basically, it was like the fold that did it for us. It's like undo two latches, push the handle over, and it just collapses down. Nice. Whereas this other one we were looking at was like, cool, pull these latches up, then you like push the handle down, then the wheels sandwich in on themselves, but if they spin out to the side, they end up, cla- it was like, pff. and we were never sure if it was actually folded properly or not. Was it as complex as watching you trying to get the car seat out of the back of my car yesterday? That was hilarious. Yeah. You know when it's like you're doing something and then you stop because it's like, is this right? Yeah. Like surely it should just work. Uh, So it was like, okay, this is a no brainer. Like of these two, this one just collapses and then. How much was that out of curiosity? So we got a deal which was for 799 from um, Mothercare. It was push share, which came with a carry cot, a seat and car seat. Okay, that's all right. And the car seat can fit on the frame as well. Silly question. Has your car got ISOFIX? Uh, I actually don't think it has. I thought it did, but I don't think it has. But the car seat needs a base, but the base can be attached either ISOFIX or seatbelt. Seatbelt, okay. Because we've got the other issue that Emmy drives a DS3, which is a Mm -hmm. two-door. So she don't want to put the base in the back because it's a faff, but she just wanted to be able to sling the seat in the front. So she can she can now technically leave the base in her car. Sorry, repeat that again. I don't think you can have the baby in the front. Well, she can sling it in the back then. I'm pretty sure you can, but this you, is definitely you just, worth. You, dis- you disable the airbags. Okay, that might be it. Okay, yeah. that might be it. Sorry, there's something in my head which is like, oh yeah, it's not going to be facing forward, ready for <laughs> <laughs> ready for. Impact. But yeah, so you they face. Back rearward facing, yeah, rearward yeah. facing, turn the airbags off and all that jazz. I don't know why, but I just, in my head, it's like I didn't know you could ever put a baby in the front of a car. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I, 
I think I can't remember whether we'd actually settled on whether we could or not but either way there's back seats in a car so you know Adam's googling serious face yeah I know but um, yeah so so yeah we're pretty happy with that we've got the furniture coming um, the, ro- yes. the room is still a tip Answers yes. Yes, although it's safer for children traveling in the rear of a car, if you must put a forward-facing seat in the front, I know we're not talking about forward-facing, a forward-facing seat uh, where an airbag is present, make sure that the car seat is as far back as possible and the child seat is securely held to maximize the distance between the mm. child and the airbag, or just, like you say, turn the airbag off. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Didn't know that. Learning curve for me. Yeah. I, I actually think Sarah told me you can't... I think it might be the wife just saying, like, you well, can't a, do it. a lot... We the fact that we had the same conversation of can you put a kid in the front it's one of them things where people aren't like categorically yep. correct on whether they know it or not um, so yeah so we're all sorted uh, we've got Emmy's mum coming over we're gonna sort of <laughs> they're gonna tidy the room and, and clear some <laughs> shit out well played um, just a lot of stuff in there boxes that needs to go in the loft and that but yeah, so that's where we're at. Like we're kind of—I don't want to say we're ready, mm-hmm. but we're we're spent up on what we need. Probably need a few little garments or something. But other than that, mate, we're all good to go. Cool, man. Ready for it now. Just so we had a topic for today. Yeah, it was a very serious topic. I know, we? I know, but I think it's one that needs talking about because mm. I think one of the things is is you're going through a lot of different things right now. Is it's father to be, mm. and we're twelve weeks out. By the way, we're twelve weeks out. 12 As of weeks time of recording, well, probably eleven and a half, eleven weeks now. Wow, <laughs> it's countdown time. Um, but you're going through all that, which is cool to follow the journey. And then when Sprog arrives, it'll be cool to to sort of get all those updates because I'll probably go trip down memory lane in terms of what it was like to have a newborn. Um, but stuff happens to me occasionally, which is new, um, and oh, this is an odd one. So. For the listeners, I lost my dad in Jan. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's two things you have to think about is, so there's me and like me just dealing with that. And that's one thing. And I never really considered like how you, I think where I went to is like, my kids aren't old enough to really understand what the fuck's going on. Yep. What was my default? So something happened the other day. Oh, and I made some notes because I thought, okay, this is, probably not the sort of like light-hearted stuff we like to talk about on the show and have a bit of banter um, but it's real it's like dad stuff mm-hmm. so Riley gets out of bed this is like nine o'clock at night he's been in bed for an hour or so hour and a half comes downstairs uh, like holding his stomach says he's got belly ache. I don't believe him I think he just wants to be downstairs because <laughs> you can hear mommy and daddy <laughs> I don't believe him at all so The problem is earlier that day he was he was told off by uh, me uh, because he'd he'd pushed Reggie and Reggie had held his breath and he kind of went upstairs like in a sulk. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he comes downstairs holding his belly, but I'm like I don't believe you. And then he's like cuddling up between me and the wife. We thought okay, which one's we're cool. Yep, come down. Uh, And then he starts talking about when what happens when mummy dies <laughs> Jesus and I'm not looking at the TV I'm like what the fuck are we watching it's making <laughs> like, and we're like I don't know we're watching, like, Orange is the New Black or something like a Netflix thing and then he goes what happens when mummy dies when I'm older will I have a baby and he's like going down he's asking that a couple of times and I'm like 
this is twisted. But he's not asking it in like an upset way, mm. which probably makes it feel more twisted. He's like, oh, so what it's happens? Just the innocence of yeah, the child. Like, what happens it? when mommy dies? Am I going to grow up and I'm going to have my own babies? And like, cool. So we just like confirm with him that like mommy's not going anywhere anytime soon. Do you know like Lion King? We've seen that bit in Lion King where I like uh, like Simba goes out and I can't, what's the dad line in Lion King called? Mufasa. Mufasa uh, is like, so Mufasa has just told off Simba for, for going to the area where the elephants and the graveyards Mm -hmm. are and the hyenas hang. uh, And then he tells him off and then they start playing uh, and it's late at night. And then he gives this great talk sort of like all the stars in the skies, they're all Kings. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be here forever, but, I'll always be watching over you sort of thing. Great talk. And I thought I was going to fucking pull that one out, but wasn't in the mood. I was still trying to work out what's going on (laughs) and why my kid's talking about my wife dying. Um, But he's like, absolutely fine. And then all of a sudden, like, like a flick of a switch, he just bursts into tears. Like just like hysterics, like a Mm. mess. And like me and Sarah are honestly looking at each other like, pause it. Like we're looking at you like, what the fuck? What's going on? Mm. Like, so then, what's really weird is jumping ahead and then coming back is the day before we were driving through Swad. Yep. And he saw the park that me, him, and my dad used to go hang and walk the dogs. And he was like, "That's where we used to go with your daddy." I'm like, yeah, 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 it was really good fun. And we're talking about it. And then, so he's, he's in tears and I sort of put the two together and he just looks at me and goes, like, your daddy died, didn't he? I really miss your dad. Mm. And he's never once cried about it. He's been upset about mm-hmm. it, but he didn't really understand it. Never cried about it. And I never thought it made an impact on him. And it feels like what was happening like behind the scenes is because I didn't really, because I didn't think that it had impacted him I didn't want to make a big deal out of it just to sort of like protect him from it okay. so like I've sort of like bubbled him and thinking that that was the best thing to do uh, and not really addressed it obviously I've explained what's happened but never really brought it up or spoken about it to him and like when he spoke about the park looking back I should have been like are you okay like mm-hmm. after he spoke about it like are you okay like having more of a rather than just say trip down happy memory lane, uh, an awareness of like, what's he feeling when he's remembering that because he knows. In my head, I'm like, does he even think that that's where we used to go and he's now no longer with us? Um, but it kind of just brought up this whole topic. And then then me and Sarah went through the like, all the process of like explaining it to him and like comforting him because it feels like in his head, the way this whole thing panned out was like this has been playing on his mind daddy's got no daddy now mm-hmm. and now he's thinking about what it's going to be like for him when he's got no mummy or daddy which is like horrible to think about that your kids are going through that in your head and I guess I wanted to jump on the mics and sort of say like how do you when and how do you think and it's complete guesswork but like what's the best way to deal with that like how should I have dealt with it up front because I think I think one thing I've learned is they know more than you think they yeah. They are just savvier than you think. They know what's going on. Because sometimes they can't verbalize it. They can't really explain what they're feeling. 
but it doesn't mean they're not feeling it. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned so far. What do you think about it all? I mean, did you show any emotion in front of him? That's a great question. Uh, because like it, it sounds like it's almost, he's aware of what happened. But if you're saying that you've kind of bubbled him, because I think, I think back when a, a, my, my dad's dad died, mm-hmm. granddad, um, he, like I was super young at the time, but I remember, I remember the whole funeral thing, but I remember it, like the kids were just kind of, we, we had whatever it is, like the wake or whatever. Um, but the kids all just kind of went upstairs and played around for a bit. And I remember, I, I suppose just thinking about it while you were talking, I was like, yeah, I think I was, I think I remember thinking this is a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Like, How old were you then? Uh, not sure, quite a few, good few years ago now. Um, not sure, young, young though. Um, but yeah, I just remember it's sort of being, not as young as um, Riley or Reggie, but uh, 10, 13-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just remember thinking it was weird, but not really thinking anything else of it. Um, but I think if... Yeah, I don't know, that's a weird one, that is. Um, but yeah, if if he's never... If he didn't see you upset, then maybe yeah. he's... Maybe he's... That's why he's potentially got the questions. I don't know if that's like... A really oh, good if question. He, if, he, if he saw you show emotion and oh, dad is upset because granddad's died or whatever, then maybe it'd be a bit more... Um, I don't know. It probably wouldn't, but I guess it's like okay, so something bad's happened. Dad's sad, like that's that's normal. Yeah, he's so I think because you don't you don't know what lesson they're sort of picking up taking away from consciously. Like oh, if it, daddy doesn't cry when something sad happens, then maybe I shouldn't, sort of thing. And that's like the that's the real point that I'm like trying to work work out. Mm. So one, I I as you were speaking, I definitely remember points where like Riley came and hugged me because I was upset. So he definitely saw me upset. The level of upset, Mm. don't know. But that's the thing is like, what am I subconsciously doing by trying to protect him, which is actually showing him a way of life that I don't like. I want him to feel comfortable to cry Mm. when he's upset. Yeah. Like I want him to show his emotions. And it's like the things that we do, uh, and it's me trying to like protect him. So let's just let's just say that I didn't cry in front of him because I wanted to be strong for him. Mm-hmm. Before I think that was the right thing to do, but I think, he, like you say, he would have taken that away and say, "Bad thing happened. Daddy doesn't cry. I don't cry." Because they just mm-hmm. emulate you. You know, they're role models at the end of the day. Like they want to they want to grow up and be like daddy. It's not every little boy mm-hmm. does. Um, so it's like, I guess the reason I want to mention raise it on the mic is like. There's one, the whole thing about death and like, how do you tackle that with a kid? But then it's like, how do your actions, even though you think you're trying to do the right mm-hmm. thing, create mindsets in the kid that are actually not what you want for them? And it's like really, really tough. There's no right answer, but it's... Yeah. It's, I mean, and like, the thing is like death is everywhere mm-hmm. because it's a natural part of life. And like <laughs> you watch any Disney film, there's pretty much always a death in it mm-hmm. because it's quite a... Uh, it's probably the biggest life event that can change everything. Yep. So like the Lion King, Mufasa dies and like perfectly timed just after his amazing speech of the Kings and the Stars. Um, but yeah. So like, I think kids are exposed to it and well aware of what it is, even if they don't know the true meaning of it. Like it, like most kids have had a goldfish or a hamster or something that's died within a week. Yeah. But like, like it's still 
like a belly up fish or something. But like, you know I when like get that. It's just I think the most important thing is like you say the the dealing with and like it's that opportunity for when the pet dies for you to explain oh so that's you can go through that lesson of what it is and what it means. But yeah, it's, it's a, there's a lot of lessons that they're learning from you without actually thinking, without it actually coming out of your mouth. <laughs> and it's not even stuff that like, do you know like when they were watching a film together mm. and it might be a Disney film or something and someone dies? Yep. Like, it feels weird to like, put, when you said that, I was like, well, what I should do now is like pause the film and if it's Reggie and he's like seeing this film for the first time, like explain like what that is. Mm. Like, do you think you should go that extreme with it or just let them learn it? As in, should you proactively look for opportunity to teach them about something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you should uh, go... Right, like pull, Halloween H2O right, or put Scream like, on and be free, like... Freeze frame this. Right, what you see here, kids, is this is a this is a paint-by-numbers murder from Jason. He's come through the window and just executed... Like, nothing, I don't think... Can you, you see the life go out of his eyes? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to... to um, expose them to something ahead of them being exposed to it okay because that's otherwise you're taking every bit of their innocence away as soon as possible yeah agree but good point i think maybe address maybe uh, only you'll tell because you'll because you'll they're the two kid. very extremes it's like one seeing someone die in a disney film and then one losing your granddad mm. like and there's must be somewhere in the middle that a learning opportunity and looks like I'm praying well, a, a, a learning pet, opportunity occurs a pet is a big one so I need to like buy an old pet like an old hamster no just get a you don't need an old one mate trust me <laughs> Do they just get, die? get a mouse mine <laughs> I had a mouse and it um, first of all it stunk because you need to clean that every day I'm definitely not getting every day and then it uh, then it had um, what I can only call the plague like it had like <laughs> it, it, it had something that was making it itch so he, he would scratch and literally he scratched that much that he scratched his own ears off and like all the all the fur off obviously because it was just fur but he scratched his ears off so he just had like holes in his head where his ears should be and then he died so that I don't that, think but, that's a common thing but, but that was a but that was a really sad time they should have like a test rat or something like that <laughs> no but it, I'd had it for I think I'd had it for, how long did it have it it felt like maybe a year but it probably only like six weeks who knows kid time um but yeah, so that was like a really emotional time to take a to take a tiny mouse to the vet, and the vet go, yeah, it's fucked. You take a mouse to the vet? Well, because we thought, well, if we can fix this problem that's causing it to rip its own ears off, yeah, fair point. So we we couldn't, and then bought a snake, and, and then it died a few days later, and it was like, oh, oh. that's pretty sad. Life, but at least now it don't stink. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really sad. So like a. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so but I think that's that is an opportunity as well. And again, we've had we've always had goldfish. Mm -hmm. Goldfish die a lot. You used to get them from fairs in, in a in a bag. In a bag. Like some of them were dead at the fair. I think the problem is when you win a goldfish at a fair, you then got to go and buy loads of stuff to like put the. Go you can't keep it in the bag. Yeah, so you put it in a bowl for now. It's like sweet. So tomorrow now we've got to get a fish tank and stuff. Anyway, so so like I think that's the most obvious thing that springs to mind anyway is like the 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 pet from the fair or the mouse or hamster mm -hmm. or whatever it is everyone experiences every ch a lot of children experience death from a pet's point of view my little brother had a hamster i think that died and when it died it was like sound 
Because I think it, I don't know if he was sick of it or or what. <laughs> it sounds like you were sick of your mouse. But like he, he was sick of the hamster. But he he seemed to have managed that pretty well. He like I I can't remember the exact conversation, but he was he what did he say? He he was just very understanding of what death was at that point. So it was like okay, he he gets it. Don't know if that makes him a psycho, but <laughs> but yeah, he was like super understanding. If yeah. he understands that things die, just a way of life. Yeah, so that was a really interesting. It's a really hard one, and I wanted to bring it onto Mike's. Not trying to get an outcome, but I guess just to raise it as like a point of thought mm. is terms of like my takeaways are like Riley. It hasn't impacted Reggie unless Reggie comes downstairs in like three months time and says the same thing. Like Reggie was a bit <laughs> oblivious to it, um, just with age. But I think with Riley, it's like now I'm like really, really aware of not trying to protect him, overprotect him from the world and explain to him why certain things take, like why bullies bully was Mm -hmm. the other one that we went through Um, because he's like, he sounds like he's got a guy called Jack at school who's a bit of a dick. I wouldn't class him as like a bully bully. He's just Mm -hmm. a, like probably just a little bit of an obnoxious kid from the sounds of it. Um, But it's now sort of like a stage in his life. He's five, he's nearly six that he, I just need to probably do a better job of like, not just trying to like bubble him, but like protect him, preserve his innocence mm. whilst educating him. And I think that's, that yeah. was, it's sort of like a, it hit home for me. I was like, ah. I think it's that fine balance of obviously you want to keep them young and innocent as much as possible, but at mm-hmm. the same time you can't lie to them. So like in like they, they're actually smarter than they even know. They're just like, they, they take so much in and learn it, whether they're aware of that happening or not. That like, that's why when we mentioned super nanny and that's why she speaks to them like an adult because they are people. They're yeah. not idiots. You know what I mean? It's not an animal. No. <laughs> as much as you like to kick them outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I think the thing is like one of my learnings from it is he's like had this on his shoulders for a while. He's obviously been thinking about it and it's either he's been thinking about it for Mm. a while or he took it all in and has been processing it and that night was the night it sort of all made sense to him. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even if if something happened three months ago, he might have just been processing it and it coming back and thinking about it and then he's gone, oh shit, this is what it means. But it all kind of comes down to, like, like you say, you need to just speak to them like an adult because they are like, the way he's way brighter every mm-hmm. kid is way brighter than yeah. you think uh, and it just worried me a bit in terms of like my actions and how they're impacting him and yeah. I think it just made me way more aware do you know like the stuff we on, on the other podcast we do like the bell jar I don't know if you yeah. spoke about on here but in terms of like when something happens taking pause and like working out how you're going to respond to it I'm doing that more with my kids now mm-hmm. as well as at work because it's like okay so what is the impression that I want my kids to take away from this event Mm. is now what I'm going through compared to reacting because daddy might react in a way that I don't want my kids to and if they see it they'll do it I guess that's where I'm at yeah and I think everyone knows that as well but it's so hard to self-identify mm-hmm. an action that you're doing because you because we all at this age just assume that people like people aren't learning from your actions kind of they just they might they might respond to it but but yeah you're not used to having a, a sponge just observing everything you do and just mimicking it. Emulate it, yeah, exactly. Cool, we'll leave it there. We'll wrap this one up. Um, 
hopefully there's some interesting points. If you've got any comments or anything like that, guys, please email them in to dadknowsbest at nbs.fm. I'd love to hear, like, if, if any of you listeners have had a similar experience, mm. um, like loss in the family with involving kids, I would genuinely love to hear from you. Like, drop an email in. I'm, I'm, I'll pick it up straight away. I'll get back to you. I'm. It's something that I'm really interested in hearing about right now because kind of don't know whether I'm thinking about it the right way or like what to expect in three months time or six months time like I'd just love to hear other people's stories in terms of how they've managed that this process basically so I'd, uh, this is the occasion that I'd really really like to hear people because I'm, I'm just looking for more feedback now cool we'll leave it there speak to you next week guys bye